Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 85 of Respawn Aim Fire. I am Holden DePardo, and I'm here with my usual uh, co-host here. Chad Michael Innes. But we have a special guest this week, coming Alex. from France. That's me, Alex Cohen. Sorry. You can tell by his very heavy French accent that he's from <laughs> France. So French. Hello. Je suis Alex Cohen. You so got you... it. <laughs> Thank you. So you Thank and you. Chad met each other on the Tequila podcast, which Chad and I both done before. But this is actually the first time I've met you, Alex. So nice to meet you. It's, it's good to be here. Nice to meet you both. Tequila, correct? What did I say? You I said, said tequila. tequila. Oh, yeah. I, just, I meant to tequila. say tequila. I mean, it's basically just a lot of tequila. <laughs> yes. <it is. laughs> we both met while drinking a bottle of tequila to death. Did you drink actually this time, this time Chad? No, you know oh, okay. I'm still on Accutane. I can't drink. Okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I was excited. I'm going to be very happy on your 21st birthday when you're finally able to drink. I am almost a 30 year old grown adult ass man. <laughs> so it's a shame you've not been able to drink this entire time. Actually, you don't drink anyway, though, so it's not like a loss for you. I know. Yeah. I'm such a wuss. Have you had a drink? <laughs> Have you had a single oh, yeah. drink in your life? Okay. Oh, I went through my college years. I went through my just moved to Chicago party years. Oh, we okay. also. Uh, we had a great night where Chad got really, really drunk on his birthday, and we went to go see with a few of his <laughs> 50 friends. Fifty Shades of Grey. We went to go see Fifty Shades of Grey while we were super drunk, and we ended up getting really bored and just throwing popcorn at each other in the theater. And then the I fell asleep, time. and then was I got it... up and threw up, and then I fell asleep. Wait, was the, the theater empty? How did you manage? Oh that? no, no, it was, a very, it was, it was like a very opening weekend. It was. Just, I don't remember anything about the movie at all. I just remember dumping a whole thing of popcorn in Chad's lap while he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, was, and that was fun for both of you. That it was, like it was a things. grand old time. I yes. can only imagine. As the Flintstones would say, it was a gay old time. <laughs> I do like to reference the Flintstones. Everyone does. They make the best vitamins. <laughs> They're incomparable. <laughs> <laughs> but we are a gaming podcast. So we talk about gaming shit. So. <laughs> Um, I would love to kind of give the audience uh, an idea of who you are, Alex, and maybe a, yes. just a touch of your gaming history and why sure. you're relevant to the world. Wonderful. Yeah. I, so I met Eric when we were growing up. Eric is the host of uh, Tech Kila, and he, I mean, they talk about tech most of all, but we have a very strong and vivid history of playing video games together, starting, I want to say, from like N64 days, playing a lot of Smash, and then getting into... Actually, you know, the, the game system that we played the most was easily just the computer, which we I think we started with <laughs> a game called Oni, which was this weird Bungie, like one of Bungie's first games, I think, around the same time as Halo. But they made it, and it was a third-person shooter-slash-action game very like off the radar kind of game but i don't know why we found it but we were super into it and and that was it like that our friendship was blossomed out of that game and then we basically only talked about video games for like 15 years after that and and then honestly like i've i i don't play a ton of games now i moved to paris and i don't i didn't bring any i moved to paris like two months ago with my girlfriend and i didn't bring a ton of like of my, I brought I brought my Switch, but we don't have like a TV because we like kind of got this apartment on a whim. We didn't have a ton of time, but the only game I can really play consistently is Hearthstone because it's mobile and I play on my iPad. But I follow games on Twitch constantly. I watch AGDQ. I watch speedruns all the time. I'm heavily invested in the culture and the history of it. Um, but right now has been tough because I've been logistically very invested in moving and living in Paris. So it's been definitely a journey. It's Dang. kind of same with me. I'm in school right now, so like I have like no time to play games either. I I feel that. 
Yeah, I'm a but as an adult man with multiple hobbies, so I also have you know, uh, time yeah. to play games. <laughs> but, but we it, love talking about them. <laughs> they're so amazing, and they've influenced. I think for me, the the thing about games that not only like as a there's such a strong narrative medium, and I think that's the thing I like talking about the most because mm-hmm. they they're still growing as in that space in like the narrative space, and I think it's really. Uh, there's so much room to grow. And I think by talking about it more and by like bringing it into the mainstream and like having things like this, where they're recognized as like a valued, valid and valuable medium to express storytelling, um, they just grow and more potential things happen and, and they're recognized more. I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. I always, they always were meaningful in my life. And I'm just honored to be talking about them in like a serious kind of context like this. I don't know how serious this is, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find it, it goes between serious and then extremely just not serious at all. Yes, we could be talking fun. about like, yeah, like, it's a pretty, rather... it's a pretty wide spectrum yeah. <laughs> on this podcast. We have some crazy stuff, and then we also talk about like layoffs and crunch time and shit like that too. Yeah, like I think actually this past month we've done a lot more serious topics. We did politics and like discussing politics, and current events, and video games, as well as like unionization and in the game industry um yeah we've talked about some serious topics we've also Perfect. just done fun shoot the shit stuff that sounds like, right like up my alley. <laughs> so tell me what that is i saw that it looked like an acronym but I don't yeah know. so it is an acronym so um this is this is going to be a barf episode so every month we have a game which is the barf game of the month that's backlog accomplishments with respawn and friends oh, and this shit. this month it's ocarina of time because it's the 20th anniversary of ocarina of time um even though we both played the game before we usually pick a game we haven't played or at least one of us hasn't played Gotcha, gotcha. So we've been playing it for the month. We're going to talk about it. That's and definitely I, relevant to me, yes. Yeah, so I think you were brought on here because of Ocarina of Time. Correct, Is, correct. Yeah, that's okay. my one valid, yeah, that's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> that's it. In fact, we'll let you know when to start talking. <laughs> You'll hear a little beep with your name, and then you can talk. Yeah. <laughs> and please mute your microphone until then. <laughs> Sounds great. No, we're kidding. <laughs> Um, no, so we uh, we're gonna start with Sony actually this morning. Um, I'm talking about this kind of the Sony news. We usually segment it off into like different companies. Great. So not too much this week in terms of news, just because it was Thanksgiving week. So it's kind of light in terms of news, but there are some news stories that are worth mentioning. Um, this one here is from what's the guy's name again? Like Matt Matt Piscatella. Um, Piscatella, yeah. He works at MPT, which basically has been pulling up sales stats um, since 1995 for all sorts of of. Um, of industries, but they do a lot of video game stuff. Actually, I think primarily video game stuff. So he was basically on Twitter talking about how the hardware cycles are becoming harder to predict because of PS4 Pro and Xbox One X kind of changing up um, um, sales and, 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 and the demand for, for the consoles is kind of what his theory is. But his quote is that – I actually don't think I have this in the notes here, but I forgot to put this in the notes. He said the quote is that it used to be you'd see a, a normal – um, curve where it levels off after a few years of sales, um, but this time it's still going up, even though it, at this point, like six years into a cycle, it's leveled off or has been decreasing. Wow. Um, I looked into this a little bit and I didn't quite see that. Um, yeah, first of all, it's only been five years, so fuck you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did say six years, but um. Yeah, so what I noticed is because I, I I think what last year I pulled up like all these stats on on console sales for 360 and PS3, and yep. at fi- and six years into the 360 life cycle, they jumped a 30 percent in sales from the previous year. 
So I'm curious what he means by like he's basically saying that the new console generation differs compared to past console generations. Is he ignoring the last generation of consoles because it was kind of unique being around for eight years as opposed to the typical five? Or no, I wonder if that the Xbox 360. We, I don't know if we ever looked at this in depth with it. Whether that kind of coincided with like a major price drop or a new refresh of that model. Yeah, versus it's hard to these say, yeah. that adds like, hey, we actually have the more expensive version of this on sale now instead. But even then, though, like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X offer something new that th- like Xbox One and PS4 didn't do initially. Whereas like anything with a price drop or like an elite version of the 360 console, it was the same exact thing. It didn't offer anything new. Oh, I guess that's not true. Actually, it had like built-in Wi-Fi and that kind of thing because you had to have a Wi-Fi adapter. But that's not the same thing as like your games oh, are yeah. better and play better. Um, so. I think a 30% jump with with just price increases six years in on the 360 life cycle is really, really impressive. We don't see that kind of increase this for this year um, for the Xbox One X and Xbox One. So I, I'm, I'm very curious. He, didn't, he wasn't very specific in his tweets because he just said all this in Twitter. And then people freaked out and said, oh, my God, it's unpredictable and yada, yada, yada. But... Um, the um, same as Blackley, who is the uh, original um, architect for the Xbox, the original Xbox, he just says this is just because p- consoles are becoming more PC-like, yeah. and this is following a trend that PC PCs follow. And I'm like, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Then mid-generation consoles are changing everything, and console cycles are done forever. I don't think console cycles are done forever. We'll see new stuff happen. Just it's going to play out differently. Is all. Yeah, I do think that for the first time, I. I have no idea how this next generation is going to be integrated, how it's going to, yeah. like, we'll see a little bit later here when we, t- actually, the next story, talking about PlayStation 5, like, does everything go cross-gen? We There have been rumors that everything on Xbox One will also be on, sorry, Xbox One, Two, whatever the fuck it is, will also <laughs> be I just like on Xbox Xbox. One. I just like Nextbox. I like Nextbox is the cleanest way to say it. That's what everyone was saying last year, too. Or not last year. The last, last generation. generation, yeah. It just, it works. It, it, it makes sense. But yeah, I have no idea how it's going to play out, especially with all the rumors of like the streaming version of Scarlet and then the regular ass version of Scarlet. And then there's also mm-hmm. a digital only Xbox One, but it's also going to maybe play Scarlet games. It's like, well, also, too, like we've, we we've always been predicting that consoles will just become stream boxes only. But based on what um, Phil Spencer right. was saying, like last week, I think that it'll streaming will never replace traditional gaming. Maybe we'll always have an Xbox and a PS4 that's like a dedicated box. So maybe the generation, the console generations won't go away. Like, who knows? It's hard to predict. Who the hell knows? All I can take away from that story basically is that your maybe 30 minutes of research on numbers outweighs Matt Piscatello's 23 years of expertise (laughs) on it. That is the only takeaway. That is the only job. That is really funny. But no, it, it just more that like he wasn't being very specific on Twitter, so it's hard to know what he's actually meaning. That's I don't Twitter, really know what he means about what he's saying. Two hundred eighty characters. Yeah. Two hundred forty characters. Oh, it is eighty. You're right. Never mind. I don't we know. Double the meaning that we used to get. Now everything's a double entendre. <laughs> I've never That's on Twitter anyway, or any social media. What is Twitter? I had, I had to like Chad had to text. So we were talking to our uh, Facebook Messenger to get all this set up. <laughs> it's true. And Chad had to like text me and be like, "Dude, you got to get on Facebook and talk to Alex." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right. Facebook exists. I have to get on." <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Ne- we did it. Yeah, it did. I got I got right on it. Well, he had to send me two messages because I also don't text message either. <laughs> <laughs> Power um, numbers. 
Yep. Holden also types on a typewriter and writes in a book with a pen, so. <laughs> Do you have a typewriter? I hope that's not a joke. Please don't tell me that's a joke. I actually used to have a typewriter. I, oh. When I moved back home, I didn't bring it with me, but. Damn it. Typewriters are amazing things. They're very cool. They're just a pain in the ass to type on. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's no you actually have to, like, push the key down. You can't just, like, tap it. <laughs> there's, like... there's a lot of issues about typewriters, but as, yeah. an, as an object, they're wonderful things to witness. Anyway, they're wonderful things to witness. Tap and right. great to talk about in a video game podcast. Yes. <laughs> really super relevant. <laughs> super relevant. Uh, I can't wait for the typewriting simulation game to come out. It's going to be great. I'm sure um, there is some kind of secretary game where you just like see how many words a minute you can type. Yeah, I think that was that? the Mad Men video game. You played as Peggy, and you were <laughs> you started off as you know as the secretary and became a copywriter. It was a great journey. It sounds. I mean, what was that game that's like very kind of tongue in cheek, but it's become kind of popular on streaming, like the Hand Simulator. It's like just doing awkward things with your hand oh. and try. What is it Josh called? Hand. No, it's literally. I think it's called hands or something like that. Where it, it's <laughs> just like I have, I have no idea. No, it's something you you do very like sometimes menial, sometimes insane things. But like they be, like one of them is you know trying to do a, an, like an operate a surgery, um, but it's like very uncomfortable. And then there's another one where you have to like pick up a gun and, and like um, put a bullet in the gun, but it's very like awkward. And so it makes for really entertaining like group. Uh, I don't know group experiences on the on this on the system but it's ridiculous to watch because it's like and to do it's it's very awkward like there's no way to to be good at it or maybe if you are you're spending way too much time doing it i i should look this up right now so i don't sound like that kind of reminds me of like those games like i am bread or octodad and it's like those games that are purposefully like obtuse to control i played one level of it and i really want to buy that game because it's a blast okay here it is on sale for years it, I know. It, it's I literally know. just called Hand Simulator. Just if you Google it, <laughs> it's it's just a picture of a guy holding a gun and a and like a um, what's the I can't even remember the name for the thing that you put in a gun. Uh, the, the, a bullet. No, no, the, the, the clip, magazine. The, You've been living clip, outside yeah. of America so long you don't the, even remember what a bullet or a school shooting is. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. gosh! It's that is hysterical. But like the way that they're holding the gun in the clip is just oh my god! You're absurd. right, absurd. It's just a fun do want, game. <laughs> do you know what this looks like? It's like magazine. It looks like magazine. an alien came to Earth, right? And it was like, how do I do what humans do? Like, yes. oh, play this hand simulator game. It'll teach you how to be a human. <laughs> That's exactly. You just learn right. how to pick up things like a person and use fidget spinners and stuff, just like a human it's, being. It's literally just a <laughs> screenshot with like some Microsoft Paint text on top of it saying "hand simulator." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not the one I'm looking at, but it's that sounds bad. <laughs> There's one okay. too where you're you're fishing, so you're just like putting a worm on the line. <laughs> oh my god! This one where you're milking a cow. This gets better and better. <laughs> Playing Jenga. I'm just looking at Google Images right now. This is disgusting. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's completely amazing. divert this entire conversation away. No, that's fine. I mean, that's a really advanced game. I bet that's going to be on the PS5 whenever that comes out. So let's uh, talk about our, PS5 that's right That's our now. bar for next month, actually. So, <laughs> so PS5. Um, yeah. Release date and details leaked. Ooh, PSVR yeah. 2 in the works. So this Shit. came from Reddit, from a use, uh, Reddit user called uh, Authentic Cookie. Mm. Or Ruthentic Cookie? Ruthentic? 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 Yeah, Ruthentic Cookie. Ruthentic. Um, so this is probably <laughs> No matter not, what, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Also, I think all I think a lot of this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, not all of it, but I think a lot of this is ridiculous. So, the on Reddit, what he basically said... We'll start with PS5. He also talked about PSVR 2 and just a slight thing about Anthem I wanted to mention. 
Mm. The PS5, he says it's going to be unveiled middle of next year. And then it's going to be detailed in depth at um, PlayStation Experience when it comes back next year. Um, and then the launch is going to be in, I love this, either March or November of 2020. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> um, Sony just has no idea what time of the year they want to release their console. Uh, but they know at this point. It's going to have a Ryzen 8 core, which I don't really know what that means. That's like saying <laughs> Intel 8 core. Um, it could be an Intel i3 for all I know. In this case, Ryzen, which Ryzen chip. Um, it's going to be $500, and there's going to be um, PS4 games coming up to PS5 as launch games. So Death Stranding, right. Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima. But backwards compatibility is is questionable right now. They're, they may not do it, but they said most of the PS4 titles will also be released on PS5. But the question is, could you just put in a PS5 game into the PS... A PS4 game into the PS5 and have it run? That yeah. we don't know. I mean, it just um, sounds like they're hedging by saying, like, you can play the... I mean, the last games will come out on the PS... The last games for the PS4 cycle will come on the PS5. It just sounds like they won't be back... Like, it won't be backwards compatible at all. That just... It's like yeah. they, they're trying to build hype. But this is not a real post. This is just, like, some fake leak that were, like, potentially... Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it was there getting is... some circulation, so it was worth talking about. I gotcha, yeah, I gotcha. He, he did, like, correctly predict or leak the, like, Sony skipping E3 thing as well. Oh, interesting. So, like, okay. Some credibility. Some, some credibility to it. I got you. And that is a hard, I would say that is a really hard thing to predict too, because that shocked everybody. Interesting. So this has, this I was very surprised to that more myself. like, we should take this seriously then. Yeah. It's not just yeah. a dude posting on Reddit to be like, I think the next PlayStation does this. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <voice>. yeah, <laughs> that's how people on Reddit talk. Yeah. That, um, they all talk like parrots. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here are the things that I think are make sense. Um, what makes sense is you know Death Stranding, Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima coming to PS5 as a PS5 games, like enhanced versions of that. Mm. That makes sense to me. Um, I mean, Death Stranding has already kind of been talked about being a cross generation game. Last of Us Part One did that with PS3 and PS4. Um, why not Ghost of Tsushima? I guess. The, the the strange thing for me is the March or November time frame. I think March makes a ton of sense for Sony. It made a, a big deal for Switch. Exactly. And like as soon as I saw this, I, I looked at this as Sony's trying to replicate the Switch strategy in the March launch. Because you're going to get a March launch, huge launch sales, and then you get the holiday sales right. as well. Right. So you're getting great sales that way. But also, um, what's going to happen is this radio silence, the not being at E3, the not doing the PlayStation experience, is very similar to what Nintendo did before the Switch, which was, we're not talking anything about Switch, we're only going to have one game at E3 this year, and they just had this like just drought of information for a really huge amount of time before they finally announced the Switch, and then when they announced the Switch, it was like, that's all you heard about all the time. Right. And I think they want to do that, where it's kind of like, die things down for a little bit, build up that hype, and then show it off. Gotcha. And showing it off mid-2019 after E3 would just make people forget about E3, which will probably be an uneventful E3 anyway. <laughs> so that all makes sense to me. But the $500 is too much money. Seems steep. Yeah. Steep. That game from yeah. Ubisoft where you just snowboard. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a real game? That is a real game. That's yeah, how is. they ended their press conference two years ago, oh, was by no. showing off. It was their one more thing. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. 
Uh, I think it's worth also mentioning that there were some claims about PSVR 2. They're just going to have a built-in cam- camera, no breakout box, uh, new move controllers. Dear God, I hope new move controllers. If they have the same yeah. 10-year-old move controllers, I swear to science. They need also <laughs> a camera that's better than the one they use right now. Yeah. There's better and sensors. Virtual reality gloves. Yikes. Yeah. Mm. Hand simulator um, 2, do I hear? Hand simulator 2. <laughs> Ham. It's on the horizon. <laughs> so, and then what's this bit about Anthem? Yeah, so I thought this was interesting. So apparently Anthem is not running very well on current generation uh, platforms. And the guy, you know, Ruthentic Cookie here, is per- is expecting a delay. And the reason I mentioned that, and this is also kind of mentioned in the other articles as well, that delay will get announced way before a PS5 gets announced. So if Anthem gets delayed it's pretty likely that all this PS5 and PSVR 2 stuff is likely to be true. Yeah, and Anthem, for the record, is slated to release in three months. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, we'll hear about this really soon, this delay. Remind me, Anthem, was that the Destiny clone or like something that yeah. looks similar? Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's made by Bioware. It like Iron Man flying around in the ocean yes. and shit. And... It did look quite beautiful, but it looked very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. it's made by Bioware, so I, I trust that they'll I do trust Bioware. mess it up. Yeah. That's Except right. with Mass Effect Andromeda. But beyond that, <laughs> I trust it, It's so sad because Mass Effect, I think, as a series in the beginning, was one of the most impactful games on my life. And then having it be ruined so... And, and, but they had a different studio, right? Making it at the end. Like, I wanna no, have... it, was. it was. Oh, I don't know about the difference with the end, but I'm pretty sure it was the same, like, was, Bioware. God game. damn it. That's so sad to me. But it was, <laughs> like, such a remarkable game. And I, I like, I used it as the example for so many for so many conversations as like one of the most like meaningful games that's ever impacted my life and then mm-hmm. then it came out with andromeda and like i don't know man <laughs> i just have a lot of mixed feelings about it but bioware i do trust yeah and they're making more mass effect games they've said that so hopefully they, we'll see. they do well there we will see. totally redeem themselves <laughs> so we talked about Death Stranding a second ago. I want to go back to Death Stranding again. There is a rumor that at the Game Awards, we're going to get the release date for Death Stranding. Um, this is coming from an email that was from Sony Brazil. It was obtained, so it's not sent to anyone who's supposed to get it, but they, just, they happen to get it, I guess. Um, okay. It says, uh, update, release windows for Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima will be revealed during this year's edition of the Game Awards next month. The official <laughs> release date of Dream will also be announced. What's Dreams. that? What a... <laughs> what is Dreams, Dreams is Media Molecules game. It's the they made Little Big Planet. Oh shit! And okay. This game is basically you're like Little Big Planet. You made levels. In this case, you're making your dreams, and you can kind of play out your. Dreams. Oh my god! I did see that. Yes, I saw the trailer for that. That looks pretty interesting. I've never seen a game like you that. You probably saw it years ago. Yeah, yeah like, they it... literally showed it off at the PS4 announcement. Wait, was this the one that was like kind of it looked like whimsical and was like making movies and really bizarre and like surreal kind of. at times? Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. do it. Like they literally recreated the entire first level using the creation tools available in Dreams of Damn. Little Big Planet, sorry. That's so and sick. Okay. It's it but, looks just like it too. It's crazy. Like okay. three years ago they said, Hey, we'll have a beta out this summer and then Man. it was nowhere to be seen. Got it. And then Got they're it. like, All right, it's releasing in twenty eighteen. They finally said that this year. And we're going to have a beta in the summer again. No beta. Wow. No word on a release date. And it's now almost December. Jesus. I, it still could come out this year, though. I mean, it's not over yet. Half-Life 3 confirmed. If they, 
Half Life Three is dreams. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it's just Gabe Duel just takes over dreams completely. <laughs> um that's interesting though good to know good to know yeah so i i think it's very likely um go back to death stranding that we'll hear about something death stranding at at um at the game awards so they're not doing playstation experience this year they're gonna have some vague trailer to show off because they do that every year got it so they'll do it yeah hot but hot hot but chad i'm i want to hear about because i just saw you put this in the note i want to hear about beat saber Oh shit, you guys! I'm thinking Are about you aware it. of what Beat Saber is? Yeah, Chad just got Beat Saber. It He's looks very so about it. so fun, like beyond fun. But I tell me, it I'm is. Off. It's maybe so. I've said this a lot about a lot of games, <laughs> but it might be the most fun VR game I've ever played. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it is so. It's basically for anyone who hasn't seen it. Go to our Twitter. I posted a video of me playing it, and I kind of synced it with the actual vi- gameplay video, and then just me in my living room. Um. Uh, Tom and I played this for three, three and a half hours straight on oh. Thanksgiving, and it's Guitar Hero, but you have lightsabers, and you have a red and a blue one, and then as the blocks float towards you, they have little arrows on them that say what direction you have to slice them, and yeah. it's all rhythm-based, so it's all in the in time with the music. Yeah. Holden, it's your favorite electronic music, so Yeah, I, this is a game it. I really would like to get VR for. Yeah, me too. But it's just so cool. Like, they have difficulty levels from easy to expert, just like you would see in Guitar Hero or Rock Band. But I noticed, though, I played one level of this game. Not all the songs have all the difficulty options. Yeah, Mm. so actually, the song that I posted on Twitter, you only have a hard or an expert option. That's weird. Yeah, but it is the coolest time in all the land. It is so fucking amazing. Like I I was smiling the entire time. I took the hel- every single time we would take the helmet off and hand it back and forth through while we were playing the party mode part. It was just like that was so fucking cool. And then Tom would put the helmet on and play and he'd be like that was so fucking cool. And then we just say that over and over <laughs> oh, for three and a half hours. It looks so fun. So it's, what's the campaign mode as well? I don't know if this was a campaign mode in the PSVR version. It, yeah, so the PSVR launch uh, brought an exclusive mode for the campaign, which right off the bat, like we played the first couple levels, and I'm like, oh, this is boring. I thought it starts you out with just play this song on easy and finish it. Play this song on easy and finish it. And then the next one is play this song on easy but get this many points. I'm like, mm. okay. And then it's like play this song on easy and get this many points, but also you can't miss more than this many notes. I was like, Interesting. okay. And then it starts doing shit like, by the way, the arrows that show you what direction you have to cut it, they disappear after a second. And you just have to remember where they were. Whoa. And then you also have to get a high enough combo. Like, you have to string together 50 of them without seeing the arrows on them. And it's like, this got hard real quick. And then, like, a third of the way through the campaign, the difficulty ramps up to the hard level. And I'm like, we still got, like, two-thirds of this freaking campaign to go, and we're already on hard with all of these crazy challenges added on top. Damn. So it basically just takes that simple Guitar Hero formula and just throws all sorts of different like rules and weird situations on you. It's uh, I'd say it's kind of like the spirits mode for Smash Bros, but in Beat Saber. <laughs> I've seen a few people playing it um, on Twitch, and it looks insanely fun. And they look like they're getting a serious workout. The thing I had a question yeah. about was the like the when you have to like duck and like move your body to like avoid the wall things. How does that yes. work exactly? Uh, there, there are walls that come in from the side, left or right, and then there's 
ones on top. And yeah, you you have to duck to avoid it, or else you get smashed in the face and you fail. You just fail the whole or thing. You, or do you, you, just, you like, instant fail, your... don't you? Uh, I never actually hit one. I think Tom the whole time we were playing hit one, and it was yeah an instant fail. Okay, so or you have to not... lean left and right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's it's pretty forgiving though. It doesn't like you know you don't have to like go crazy trying to avoid it like jumping out of the way because it doesn't seem like anyone that's actually playing the game has to make any enormous like exaggerated gestures to avoid things but i just didn't know how it works i've never seen someone get hit by it because it seems too hard but it seems like it's never happened to you except yeah i mean you see it coming from pretty far enough away that you're like all right i can prepare for this but right 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 right. they're fun sometimes they do like the walls might slightly obscure the upcoming notes a little bit so as soon as you come up from ducking you're like oh shit and you have to hit a bunch of shit but gotcha good to know it's fun as hell you guys it's so good I can't and this wait. is on the I psvr was, uh it's already out it's been out for a while on oculus and vive but now it is on oh, psvr gotcha 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 okay good to know the whole time i was playing ocarina of time this week i was like god i just want to play more beat saber uh, so yeah, I did also play Ocarina of Time, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I am now 20 hours into Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I've beat, uh, Tom and I actually played that on Thanksgiving as well. He, we jumped in and played the multiplayer. How is the co-op? It's, uh, incredibly overpowered. <laughs> You're it already is... overpowered to the game to begin with, so yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, it's, it's not a second trainer, it's one other person controlling another one of your Pokemon. But they're also running around on the overworld with you. But it's, yeah, if you're fighting any one single gym leader or any one trainer, it's two of you versus one of their Pokemon at a time. So okay, it's pretty much an instant win. Instant win. But we beat uh, Koga and Sabrina, the fifth and sixth gym leaders. How does the fighting system work? And uh, I know like the whole gameplay is is, like the mechanics are different. It's the same. In terms of combat, it's the exact same thing. Oh, it's the The same? The only... Yeah, the yeah. only real difference is when you are in the wild, you can see Pokemon walking around, you walk up to them, and then it's Pokemon Go. You're just throwing the ball to catch them. You never I, yeah, fight the Pokemon in the wild. You, get, okay. you, you level yeah, up. Yeah. You still okay. level up and get experience points from uh, catching. catching Pokemon in the wild. I yeah. see. And, but it sounds like the, the catching is what gives you the experience. And depending on how big or small the, the Pokemon is, changes how much experience they give you, or, or some hidden factor that I'm not aware of. Um I don't know. Is it just levels? So, but basically, the whole the whole premise is the same as every other Pokemon. It's it's the yeah. same, but I think they've done a lot in the background to make it easier. Maybe this has already happened in their Pokemon games. But I was talking to people at work who are playing it, and I didn't catch as many Pokemon as they did, so I wasn't as high of a level as they are. So, mm. like when I got to the third uh, gym, no one was over level thirty. But um, Will, when he got to the third gym, there were Pokemon there that were over level thirty because he had leveled his Pokemon at that point already. So I, I think it scales with you. So like, if you don't catch as many Pokemon or not leveling up as much, they'll still make the game as easy for you to get through. Interesting. I okay. don't think that's the case. You don't think? Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't think, seen... Especially because I just got to... Uh, when we beat Sabrina. Actually, we yeah. got to Sabrina's gym before we did Koga's gym. Okay. And Sabrina, they wouldn't let you in unless you're level 45. That's a hard cap. Gotcha. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Interesting, okay. And I was not level 45 at the time, so I could not go in and have it scaled down to me. Lamentable. Interesting. Lamentable! Yeah, I didn't see any um, screenshots or anything. It was just like, I'm like, I don't think I was at the level. And he's like, no, I was over 30 at that point. So it wasn't like a hard I think someone just fucking lied to you. Mm. <laughs> I, I wouldn't talk to that person anymore, honestly. Yeah, I want to just no. shun them from my life forever now because they lied about Pokemon. These are Get serious them fired. Yeah. Get Plant them cocaine fired. in their locker. <laughs> <laughs> 
Interesting. Holden, what the fuck did you play this week? Well, I play Pokemon Let's Go, but... Oh my god, you have that game too? I have that game too. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to hear it. our extended thoughts, go listen to the, our special episode with Daniel from Tech Gila. Ooh, yeah. Regera. The lovely I don't have anything extra to add. It's still just Pokemon. Um, How far did you get? I beat the third uh, gym now. I'm not that much farther in it. But, um, Pokemon, I'm not Pokemon now. Ocarina of Time was mostly what I played this week. I also played a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 2, but not a whole lot. I'm still in Chapter 3. I'm very, very early in that game still. Do you still have another a story for shit Holden played in Red Dead Redemption 2 this week? Um, no, because, again, I, I don't want to talk about story missions, and I've only been doing story missions lately. I've not okay. been doing side quest stuff. I've been trying to keep pick up the pace a little bit because I have so much I have to play before the end of the year. So All right. I don't have any, like, random stranger stories to share right Thank now. you for sharing. Um, <laughs> Alex, did you play anything this week? Yeah. Hearthstone? I mean, I, yeah, I always play Hearthstone. Hearthstone. And yeah, honestly, there is some news in Hearthstone. There is a recently released expansion, or it's not released, but it is announced, and it's coming out, I think, December 4th. Um, it's called Rastakhan's Rumble. And did you, either of Please you ever play... It is absolutely Jamaican-themed. So have you played any of the Warcraft series? Are you familiar with the games, I'm assuming? Hopefully. No. Uh, I am <laughs> tangentially familiar with World of Warcraft. But, but only I tangentially. Not a strategy game. Yeah, exactly. I, I played a little bit of it, like okay. three hours once on I'm aware it exists. But that's it. That's the extent. But that's it's it. also been like ten years since I played it. That's fair. So I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, basically, the Hearthstone's... The whole the the Hearthstone world exists within the heart the World of Warcraft or the Warcraft um, lore kind of context, and all of the but it's like kind of with the twist of levity and and there's a lot of the jokes um, that are like so it basically doesn't take itself super seriously that's why it's a card game so the interesting thing about this theme is all based on trolls and and like trolls are like have this Jamaican vibe I don't know why I don't know who chose that but that was like <laughs> that's their whole history. <laughs> and and basically, yeah, there's a lot of new mechanics. Um, one of the most notable ones is what called Overkill. I mean, the game is very similar to um, Magic the Gathering, if you ever played that as a kid growing up. Oh, played a ton of that. Yep. Okay, that is where I'm going to start. So I think Overkill is kind of like Trample, but not really, because Trample actually attacks the, the, like the uh, other hero or character, I mean, the person. Um, whereas Overkill is like... Um, if you manage to kill an uh, like a minion with something, whether it's like a weapon or another minion, um, then it activates a certain effect, which is a completely new dynamic um, and mechanic in the game, which was pretty cool. This is going to be hard to talk about because if I'm the only one that knows this game, it's like a one-sided thing. <laughs> but basically, I'm very excited we about We both it. Been... did. Hold on. I think you played it too. We both played Hearthstone a lot when it first came out. Yeah, oh, I did. shit. Okay, good. So you know that you're very familiar with the actual, the way the game works. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, great. Good. Oh, that's that's a good place to start. So yeah, so it's it, I've been following the, the game for a while. I've been playing it for a while. Um, I want to say like two, three years. I've never spent a cent on the game. I my brother, that's impressive. Yeah, my brother actually started started the account. I think in like right after beta. Um, so he's been playing it for a very long time, and so I just kind of jumped on his account when he kind of stopped playing. Oh, it, and I see. Okay. I kept playing. So you had watched. a whole bunch of cards waiting for you and everything. Oh, I was very lucky. Yes, I had a whole bunch of cards, <laughs> and I just kept basically building on his, his. Like when I was playing, I would build, and then when he was like, he would just play on. We both were both you know building the same account and card collection at the same time. So we had two people using the same, you know, making a strong collection together. So. It's been great. Um, very excited for the new expansion. Um, the game, the meta right now is pretty stale. 
It's it, it, I mean, that's bound to happen, even though there's a ton of different decks that are flying around, there's no predictability, which is super nice for once in Hearthstone, but what is um, stale is that, you know, it takes a year for the old sets to rotate out in Standard, and so it's been almost a year, I think it's four months out from the new rotation, I think it's, it happens every April, and so basically you're just looking at the same, you know, sets of, I don't know, 300 cars give or take, um, and it's just, it gets boring, and we want to see new stuff. Expansions usually help that, but more than anything else, rotations help that. So ask me again in four months to come on, and I will go crazy with excitement, because honestly, that's when <laughs> that's when the real, like, meme potatoes of the, you know, real meta shifts happen, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm excited about. But right now, new cards are always fun, um, exciting to talk about, but that's what I'm playing, that's what I'm thinking about. I've seen, you know, I watch a lot of Twitch, so whatever, like, you know, what's popping, like, usually if you see a new game come out, the variety streamers will, like, hop on that for a little bit, and I follow a few variety streamers, and I've seen, honestly, a ton of Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go, that, um, and they're just all doing shiny, shiny finding, like, or shiny, whatever, like, they're just hunting for oh, shiny, shiny Catch Pokemon. combos, and... Yeah, yeah, Daniel on the podcast last week was very much in the shinies as well. It's such a it that looks like a huge part of like I don't know if it's an entertaining thing because it looks super boring to do over like just about, <laughs> you're just literally doing the same thing over and over but I think it looks like everyone I can tell is instead of doing like the main campaign just looking for like a shiny magic carp it just seems really weird to me but um I don't know but that it, is I think shiny pokemon is like the most hardcore way to play pokemon <laughs> it really is it's like, like it's like main it's how you mainline pokemon it's like shooting <laughs> it in your veins directly it's, that's that's getting shiny pokemon which is strange though because you know like i agree with you but so many people are doing it and so many people are watching people do it that like because it, it's like not a very like gratifying thing to do it's like you do this no it sounds stuff. so boring it's super tedious and it's non it's not it's rewarding in the sense that you get a color a pokemon with a slightly different color it's like <laughs> i don't know man what like what are you doing with your life i i'm like some judge, of them but... are like so subtle the the color changes yeah. as well like, like incredibly subtle <laughs> Like we're just looking <laughs> in out Pokemon for my... Go, I didn't even know I had a shiny Zapdos for a couple of days because it's l- literally like a half a shade darker yellow, and that's, that's it. That's so the difference. Silly. They're they're just looking out for minority Pokemon. Okay, minorities are people too. All right. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's uh... Uh, I, I watched a little bit of Red Dead Redemption. I mean, I honestly I love Rockstar. Rockstar mm-hmm. made that game, right? That's the yeah yeah. Okay, Rockstar is phenomenal. They just. Main, main, they can do stories really well. I mean, it's a it's a gorgeous game. Um, I didn't watch too much of it. It I didn't play Redem- Redem- Redemption One, so I didn't feel super invested in, in catching up with this. But it's gotten a ton of great feedback. Um, how, what, what has been your experience with it, Holden, so far? Um, I'll say it, it's a prequel. So actually, go go ahead and watch stuff. It's it's does not it matter if you play it. the first game at all. Yeah, okay, it's absolutely cool. worth it. It's it's deceptively called Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay. Um, it's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Wow. Um, I've never um, quite played a game that felt that just strived for being so real before. Jesus, um, it's it just goes it's just over the top in how real it is. Like you know, in order to get make sure that your horse um, you know has the best stats and everything, you have to maintain your horse. You know, you got to feed it, you got to brush your horse, you got to shave, and you know if you can shave you know, your, your chin or, you know, um, or your mustache off, or if you shave different parts, you know, it'll grow in differently. Like it's just, it's so unbelievably detailed in every little aspect. You don't have to pay attention to those things, but for me, they really matter because it makes the world so believable. Hmm. Um, 
I'm I'm like in love with the game so much so that I'm actually it's like a been like a slow burn. I haven't been playing it too much. We're kind of spreading it out because it's just sure. really like going into this world and just spending a little bit of time with it. Do a little story, get to know these characters a little bit, and then kind of pull out. It's, it's like a TV show. I kind of treat it like a TV show. Like yeah. I'm gonna do an episode of Red Dead Redemption Two, and then I'll return back again like next week. Um, I That's really great. really like the game a lot. Um, I want to get more into it before I, like... It, it's one of my Game of the Year contenders, I'll say, but I want to play more of it before I'm 100% certain of that because I might not like where the story goes. Um, I don't know. Sure. But in terms of the, the mechanics of everything, it's fantastic. And the story is interesting so far. Um, I, so I have a quick question about... You said there's a ton of detail and, and realism in the mechanics of it, and I think that is always yeah. a risky game to play because the more realism you well, add... Well, that's why Chad it, won't play it. Yeah, <laughs> it just it can make certain aspects of the game less um, fun mm-hmm. because part of the like the beauty of you know film and you know video games and movies, I mean, and, and books is just to escape, right? Escapism is a big part of yeah. like the reason we do that, and so like to include things that you normally try to avoid in real life, maybe like shaving, it would be an interesting mm-hmm. choice to implement right. in a video game, and it, it would have to be done in like a, such an interest like an interesting way that really adds um, to I don't know the the, the clarity or the in, like the intention of the video game and i'm really curious to see how that is implemented and, and if it's done in a really good way that could you know pave the way for other games in the future doing something similar in ways that are like equally as nuanced and and realistic but you know, still compelling to to interact with yeah i i talked a little bit about that when i first played the game and talked about it on the podcast and essentially it's um how do you how do i rephrase this you when you're playing the game, it, it's all really detailed and everything, but it, it, I just don't feel like it can be replicated. That's what I'm saying. It can't be replicated by another studio unless they're willing to put in the amount of time, effort, and energy and money that Rockstar can do, but only Rockstar yeah, can do that. That's true. So I don't that's know true. if we'll really see this. It's not like a trendsetter. It's just it's a, it's a gem. That's awesome. Uh, to be clear, it's, it's there are other studios that can make you ride eight minutes straight just to get back to camp. It's, it's there more are than other that. studios it's that not, can make it's you not clean just your gun. That. But you're right. It's... They won't be able to do it and make it be fun. <laughs> because yeah. here's the thing. If it was just, oh, it takes eight minutes to get back to your camp, that's horrible. But like <laughs> when there's things, there's just things you're meeting along the way. There's just beautiful vistas along the way. It's like Breath of the Wild. Like, yeah, it takes you a while to get from one point of the map to the other part of the map, but you're enjoying the journey of it because the world is so real feeling. It feels like a real yeah. place. It doesn't feel like a video game world. Yeah. I, and, a, and a point you brought up too, Alex, of um, escapism. Um, I think that's a good word for Red Dead Redemption 2, actually, is escapism, but just in a different way. It's like camping. Camping is escapism, mm, but it's definitely. hard work. Yeah, you can't just. It's not leisurely necessarily, but people get enjoyment out of it because Definitely. it's different than what they get otherwise in the real 100%. world. It's kind of like it's just it's it's more like that than anything. It, it's also like Last of Us. We're talking about Last of Us. Like Last of Us is not a fun game, <laughs> but it's really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a really interesting way to put it. I've never thought about it that way, but that's that makes a lot of sense. Um, did you guys play any Metal Gear Solid Four or Five? The Phantom yes. That one, equally, I mean, like, there was a lot of horse riding, especially in Afghanistan. That was, like, such a vast world, and there was a ton of, like, I don't know, downtime where you were just going across the countryside and appreciating, like, the spectacle of the landscape, which was, I don't know, one of the reasons I genuinely love that game because it was so, I don't know, it felt like you were immersive. It wasn't, you know, I also like nonlinear games in general, and it felt super nonlinear in the sense that, like, you mm-hmm. could start or end a mission anywhere you wanted, and... And like yeah. you could just change your mind mid course, and but I do love the vastness, and I I think that's something that um, is 
when done well in a video game is like you know Breath of the Wild is like that. Um, and what was the game that you just brought up two seconds ago? Actually, there was another game that I played this year, Last of Us. Last of Us yeah, I mean, the, and also um, Far Cry Five. Um, I is that was it Far Cry Five, the newest one? Uh, yeah, that came out this year. Yeah, and I, I I played that. I played Far Cry One. Actually, that was one of the first games I played with with Eric Shulkin from Tequila. But um, I haven't played it since that first one. And I really was interested in the world again. I think one of the things is I'm a designer myself, and I think beauty in games is something that is taken um, taken very seriously. And I think I really have always appreciated that, especially like you know, there's a lot of variety in, in like the aesthetic styles that are being explored now. Um, and this is going to be like a harkening or like a reference to some of the games we're going to be talking about from the uh, the Game Awards, like Celeste, and a lot like the return of 16-bit games and like games like Bastion and I don't know, there's a lot of different styles that are now super popular. And so with Far Cry 5 and a lot of like the hyper-realistic but enormous games that are coming out, it's really cool to see so much attention paid to like really detailed non, um, what, what's the, I always forget this word, the gener- um, procedurally generated, non-procedurally generated games where they're like yeah, right. every single nuance of the world is considered and when you find something and you stumble across it, it feels really special because it was designed and put there for you. And whereas like procedural generated games, and I played only one of them really like heavily in my life, which was Star Wars Galaxies, the the first MMO from Star Wars like <laughs> 12 years ago or something. That game, while still cool and vast, it never felt as, I want to say like immersive as a lot of the games that are now being like really... And, you know, you can only really do that with a huge amount of money and, and these teams that right. are enormous and, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, Red Dead Redemption is, like, you know, the pinnacle of amount of, like, of, of like cash you can pour into a game. Just oh, yeah, like, I mean, like GTA. Red Dead Redemption 2 happened because GTA 5 was the best-selling piece of entertainment in human history. Holy I mean, shit, is that true? How much money did it make? It's true. Yeah. Uh, it, it made, it, um, what was it? It famously um, made a billion dollars in 2014. Oh, hours. my God, what? Yeah, but it, yeah. it sold 90 million copies... Overall, not all those were obviously at sixty dollars a piece, but I'm sure most of them were. Yeah, so it sold a lot. Ludicrous um, number. Oh yeah, and it's always been like in the. It's been consistently in the top ten games sold since it came out in 2012. Like to this to this year, I think it's still been in the top ten games sold. Yeah, wow. That, well, good but even Red Dead Two has already like in the first three days it made seven hundred and fifty million dollars. So yeah, do, do we know what the I'm sure they're already offhand? Do we know what the the budget was for those games? Like two hundred fifty million, or is it more? I have no idea. No That's a clear question. It's been eight years. So I mean, so it's paid for itself in in, in spades. But I'm just curious. I'm going to say GTA sure, yeah. budget yeah. dot com. Um, two hundred sixty five million dollars. That was GTA Holy five. Yes. So they made their money back. <laughs> yeah, they made some money off of that game. Red and how much? You said it's more than a billion dollars. Was it a lot more than a billion dollars? I mean, it was the. It's. It the, made a billion dollars in one day. In one so, day, yeah, one day. It's been on sa- <laughs> in one day, yeah, it's been on sale for what, like five years now, six years, six years, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying That's... to think. And it's what the highest those numbers? It's Ninety million units. Let's say this. Let's say with sales and everything, the average game was probably like fifty dollars a piece. We'll say with sales, sure. well, we'll say forty dollars. We'll be we'll be uh, generous. We'll forty dollars. We we'll generous, yeah. Actually, be actually, this wouldn't be generous. Opposite we'll generous, for them. stingy, yeah. Um, Stingy. So for forty dollars at ninety million copies. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, and at this point, I'm I'm in uh, um, yeah, scientific notation. E to the nine. 
That is uh, $3.6 billion. Fucking hell. That's ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, that's just a really rough guess. but Yeah, sure. But I think you're uh, being fair. Yeah, that sounds um, fair. Yeah, that's really impressive. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, okay, now wow. we get, we, now we just, it was just useful because now we get a sense of scale for all of this. Like, because honestly, what this is going to directly loop into, like, Celeste is an indie game. Like, the, the fact yeah. that it's, like, even considered in the same conversation as a game that's $250 million plus dollars is being poured into is remarkable in and of itself. Like, they're both achievements that are, like, worthy of discussion, but in very, oh, yeah. very different ways, which is so cool, fucking yeah. cool to me. My game of the year battle right now is Red Dead Redemption 2 versus Hollow Knight, which is like oh, two hell completely yeah. different games in every single way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, development team size, you're talking about like, you know, thousands of people versus three people. That's crazy. It's just, it's amazing. It is I mean, amazing. one of them was crowdsourced, was, was crowdfunded. Fuck, man. And it wasn't Red Dead Redemption 2, it was not <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> I guess which one it was. <laughs> um... Let's jump into some fetch, uh, fetch quests here. We just kind of cool. get our short stories um, that we're not going to spend too much time talking about, but are worth mentioning. Uh, first one here is that there's going to be an Eevee Tamagotchi. This is official. It was rumored and then it was made official, um, which is super weird. I, don't, I, I never understood Tamagotchi, but it makes total sense for Pokemon to have Tamagotchi. I had Tamagotchis. I had Nano Babies. I had Nano Pet or Neo Pets. Nano Pets, whatever it was. Do you have the Digimon one? Neopets back as an No, I just learned. I didn't realize Digimon actually started as a Tamagotchi yeah. for boys. Oh, did it really? I That's what I, that was then, the only one I had. I had the Digimon one. I forgot what it was called, actually. They had its own name, but like Digipets or something. No, that can't be right. And then they, yeah, and then they made a game and an anime and all that from that. Yeah. I have no idea. It's crazy. Pokemon's doing well, though. They broke a sales record for the Switch. It sold 3 million copies. So it's the fastest selling Switch game ever. Damn. Suck it, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Chad doesn't like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> we already discussed this. We chatted about Kelly. this. We did. So you understand that Chad's a horrible human being. <laughs> Get out of here. That was the only like conclusion I could have drawn from the entire Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. It's okay. I hated Horizon I uh, Zero Dawn last year and he hit a Breath of the Wild, so we're even. <laughs> Ah, uh, see, Alex loves Horizon too, right? Right. right? I haven't right. played it. I have. I'm totally neutral. Consumers. All you had to say was, "Yes, you love it." That's I all love you had it. To say. It's my favorite game of all time. I've never played it again. <laughs> Boom! Suck it, Holden. Wow, it's just amazing. There's only one good person in this podcast here now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I remember when next... we thought there was going to be a Legend of Zelda Netflix series. Yeah, exactly. It turns out it's Devil May Cry instead, which what? makes way more sense. I think. Damn. Yeah, Adi Shankar, who made the Castlevania one, which already got renewed for season three, which I have to fucking watch. I hear uh, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's only four episodes per season. I know, but it's also really I have a ton of other shit to watch. Like, I have the last episode of Daredevil and the last episode of Haunting of Hill House. Yep, and you still have to play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I've already played it to completion sexually. <laughs> you, have to play, you have to play Master Mode. You can't know if you like the game until you've beaten Master Mode. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought this next story was hysterical. So um, the headline is, Why on earth is Max Payne pulling a baby out of his mouth while wearing a Death Stranding t-shirt? Um, the actor <laughs> What who, the hell is this? Yeah, so the actor who played um, Max Payne works for Remedy. Um, no, not Remedy. Yeah, Remedy Entertainment. And there's a picture of him pulling a baby, like a, like a, like a fake baby doll mouth out of his mouth, a fake baby doll arm <laughs> out of his mouth. And then in the next picture is him holding the baby doll. 
and he's wearing a Death Stranding t-shirt, which is just like um, what happens in the trailers for Death Stranding. So maybe he's in the game or something like that. I don't know, but I just I don't know what's happening with that game anymore because it's, it's uh, everything's fucking weird. What um, if it's Remedy's game. game control that they showed off is Death Stranding is Half Life Three? Oh, it's all full circle. Whoa! Here. <laughs> what if all games are all part of one meta game called Death Stranding? <laughs> Only oh my gosh! Kojima could what do if this. what if Death Stranding is just a combination of all the vaporware games we never got? Oh, oh my god. god! Wait, is it an anagram? Oh my gosh! Wait, <laughs> that's the death. That's the death part. Of these games, quote unquote, die, but they're coming back. <laughs> Holy butts! That's it's it. Half Life Three. That's... It's 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 uh, Starcraft Ghost. Oh my god! It was going that. to be Kingdom Hearts Three, but they said no, 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 don't include us. We'll actually release the game. Don't worry. So that's why that's happening. <laughs> nice segue because Kingdom Hearts Three, against all odds, has a release or is finally completed for its release date in January. Good timing. I didn't think it would ever actually happen. <laughs> Are you going to play? Do you need to play Kingdom Hearts? No, I'm not going to play Kingdom Hearts. No, Did I'm you play anything? Kingdom Hearts. No? Okay. <laughs> you're, you're I'm not going to either. I played like 10 minutes of Kingdom Hearts 1 back in college, and you had to play Blitzball, which is my least favorite part of King, uh, Final Fantasy X. I was like, nope, get out. Wait, first of all, what is this game Control by Remedy? What is this game about? I've never seen this. Oh, it was a uh, showed off at uh, E3 last year at Sony's event. It's um, it looks very strange. I don't even know how to describe it. It's very weird. It, it's br- like there's like telekinesis involved, but also it looks very much similar to Quantum Break, which was their last game. Yeah. Xbox One. Interesting. Let me, let me look this up. You can guys keep. Yeah. Keep talking. I just want to. See yeah, look it up. It, it it looks interesting. I just, we just don't really know much about it. It's Got not, it. it hasn't been much information. Um, speaking of much information, there's. A trademark for an alien game called Alien Blackout um, that was just filed. Um, we know Not nothing about that. Not only is there a trademark, but there's that? also two Twitter handles, at Alien Blackout and at Alien oh. underscore Blackout, both of which are private accounts and have the Fox whatever as their as their image. Well, if it's a game and uh, I want it to be a good alien game, because it won't. <laughs> it won't be. But like, It's like saying it's... I want a flower-smelling piece of poop. No, but that's mm. not the same thing. Because an alien game could be awesome. Like that could be a really cool idea for a game. To Poop a really could cool... smell really good. <laughs> no, it, it just could. It not... just never will. It just doesn't. Um, I, don't, I just want a good alien game. It's got such a cool aesthetic and atmosphere to it. It's just why hasn't there been a good alien game? They always suck. Although because... I actually heard from a few people that Alien Isolation was really good. I'm like, really? But I've heard it's terrible. Everyone's, no, everyone says play it for four hours. Don't ever finish it because you'll get frustrated and want to kill yourself. Okay. <laughs> but it's really amazing for four hours. Okay. Seems like a weird like selling but the... point. It's really good for four <laughs> hours. Go for it. That's what it says in the back of the box. Awesome for four hours. <laughs> the reason it's never good, though, is because Alien has never – like they never graduated from the shitty license games mm-hmm. that Activision had always done forever. That's Do still like – what they're doing at that license is they're giving it to studios that aren't huge, don't make quality products, and then they're just, like, not even putting any care into it. I think we're being very pessimistic about this. Four hours is longer than any Alien movie has ever been. You're getting more oh, Alien shit. than you've ever gotten. Touche. So well you shouldn't argued. be complaining. Shit. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about this Telltale stuff. Did you, you tell more that tale? Telltale information. So, I did we mention that Skybound picked up 
yeah we talked already? About that already yeah okay um so they're saying that they're going to have release dates coming out soon for that and you're not gonna have to purchase anything again um you'll just get it if you already bought the season pass um there's this quote. It says, but we're excited to let you know that many of the talented, passionate team members who originally worked on the game are resuming development efforts today. And that was just the best news ever. That's great. Okay. I said that the Very same team good. is working on the game. That's awesome. Good for Skybound for picking up all of Telltale's fuck-ups. Well, yep. While we're in the third-party indie little segment of our notes, can I mention the recent release of the Spyro Reignited Trilogy? Is that uh, No, you cannot mention okay, that. Okay, wonderful. No. Let's move on. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> that, that was a pretty cool, like, indie... Because it was not... It was, like, sanctioned by the original team, but, like, not, you know, totally uh, made by them, right? It was, like, a new team, new everything, I think. Right? I have no idea. I don't know. It was... I think it was the team that was responsible for Crash being ported to the Switch. Major to Spyro stuff. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I know I have one of my good friends from art school was the lead concept and, and art. Um, like he did all the concept art for the new Spyro game. And so I've seen like for, for the last year, all these like, you know, sneak peeks at what he's done. And what Spyro is one of the, my favorite games growing up and uh, really cool to see. Haven't gotten it cause I don't have my PS4 right now, but would love to get it as soon as I get it. Uh, from LA when I come back in a week and I'm very excited for that but yeah just wanted to note it while we're here in third party indie I guess that's a third party indie game maybe not I don't know how it's considered because it was like somewhere in between it's definitely third party yeah uh, but it's the the developer is Toys for Bob mm, classic who is who they've done Star Control the Skylander series oh so they have some experience with I'll be right Spyro, back one second but not much um so, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, they didn't work on any of these three original games. Interesting. But it looks good. I mean, but, I, I've seen a lot of people playing it on Twitch. It looks like it's been fun for, for them. It doesn't seem like it's a lot harder or, you know, it doesn't include, like, a ton of new challenges. But it looks like for anyone yeah. that has played the original one and, you know, has a ton of nostalgia in their veins for uh, this kind of genre of game and specifically Spyro as a character would probably love it because it seems like it's maintained the spirit of the original, which is, I think, the most important thing when you're porting or remaking a game. Um, not, not porting, because porting is just the same game, but remaking it, obviously, 15 years later is not an easy task, and I think they did well. Um, very excited for it. Looking forward to playing it as soon as, as soon as I can get my hands on it. Yeah, what's your... So, I really love the, the spirit that these kind of remasters have been taking, or these remakes have been taking with Crash and Spyro... And the upcoming uh, Medieval. But then you look at something like Final Fantasy VII Remake that is just, like, completely changing everything about the game and making something completely different. Sure. What do I, I think I kind of wish that? that they would just, like... Yeah. yeah. How, what are your thoughts on that? I kind of wish that they would maybe just make it a, a different game. Just maybe they say, hey, this is a retelling of Final Fantasy VII and it's just something completely so, different. It's not when, Final Fantasy VII, but it's something else in that universe, maybe. Are you, so you're saying that you're looking for, like, if someone decides to, to remake a game, they, like, change some fundamental part of it, but still maintain some of the crux of its nostalgia? Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what you're, like, which side of the fence you're leaning on. In terms I of, think like, I know what you're talking is it, about. Is it worth remaking the game if you're not going to try to, to change stay it. faithful to the original? Yeah. Oh, wait, you're going to change it, just make a different game. Oh, well, I, I think see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I just jumped in right now, so I may be missing something, but I think you're making a good point because Final Fantasy VII, that, I mean, they, they had more spin offs of Final Fantasy VII than any other Final Fantasy game yeah. ever. 
So why not? Yeah, it's a good point. Why not make it just a spinoff in that world featuring Cloud and all that kind of stuff still, just a different point in time after or before or something? Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think for me, the reasons... So are you saying that you wish Spyro did not... Like, you, you wish they just made a different Spyro game that was with the new graphics? Or I'm just trying to see what you're... No. What you're I'm 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 all in favor of these beautiful remasters. Like even even Shadow of the Colossus that came out was that this year? Holy fuck! Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Where it was a complete rebuild of that game from the ground up, but it was still incredibly faithful to the original. Yes, yes. So you are. I love seeing that. Oh yeah, loved it. Good, good. good. I think it's it's different though. The turn-based RPG. Turn-based RPGs aren't as popular anymore. Actually, I shouldn't say that, though, because Octopath Traveler... Octopath Traveler just came out. Sold really well. Oh, yes, it did. Yeah, but I think that's that's an exception, I think, because of the art style. And there's a callback to nostalgia, where if you had, like, super realistic-looking characters who are just kind of, like, bobbing back and forth, waiting for you to tell them what to do on a menu, might be different than a little pixel art character waiting for you to do something. Interesting, yeah. I mean, I, I played a ton of Persona 5, which also kind of relies on the art style being super novel. Um, but it also, you know, you can only go so far on novelty of art style. Like, you, if the game is good, it's going to be like a good game. If, like, you, I think you, you can say that it, Octopath does rely on the nostalgia factor for its, like, 16-bit, you know, beauty. But it, I, I don't know, like, you, you wouldn't play a full game in that just because it's novel. Like, you maybe get, like, 10 hours, 20 hours in, like, okay... The nostalgia's worn off. This is not a good game anymore. But like, mm-hmm. if if you make a good game, it will hold up the entire time. And I think that's just a testament to like people still are playing and looking for, you know, either JRPGs or like that style of of RPGs, turn based co- combat in general. Even in the case of Octopath Traveler, though, because like, you make a good point. Like, it, if it's not a good gameplay style, no matter how nostalgic it is, it's just not good. I mean, every time you do a barf, I, I basically say that because I just don't <laughs> think old games hold up that well. Every yeah, time sure. we do a barf. Um, <laughs> but in the case of Octopath, you had the break system where you're looking at, like, enemy weaknesses. and Absolutely, yeah. And, like, there was a lot of strategy in that that changed the turn-based mechanic, whereas yep. if you just made Final Fantasy VII as Final Fantasy VII. It would, right. Yeah, there's a time element to it, but it's really just a turn-based RPG with nothing, like, as strategic in the background. Unless I'm wrong, uh, which I could be, because I haven't played too much of that game, but that's the vibe I got from, like, the first, like, 10 hours of the game I played. Um, no, they did. I don't right? think that would carry over as well. Yeah, I think they changed, uh, like, oh, they added a meaningful, like, new element to it that did actually add to the dimensionality and the, the depth of the game that if, had they just, like, recreated an old like cookie cutter version of a JRPG wouldn't have had the same intrigue and mm-hmm. wouldn't have like kept the attention of so many people that are that still swear by it, uh, which is yeah. cool to see because Octopath, is that also an indie game? I don't think it was like a huge... No, it was Square Enix. Enix. That's Square Enix. Oh, it was Square Enix. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay, good to know. And they said they want to keep doing games like that too, which is cool. Which is cool. That, it, that is cool. Good to know. Good to know. For time's sake, let's move on because Holden, you probably got to leave here in like a half an hour, right? Less, actually. Less. We really right. got to go. We have one minute. Uh, I might not be here for the Ocarina Time conversation, honestly. I might have to go after the Game Awards predictions. Uh, let's switch those two then. Let's say, hey, Valve gave up on Steam Link. Surprise, no one used it. It sucked. Um, <laughs> let's move on then. Let's do Barf first. Okay. And then we'll talk about that. Just because, I mean, that's why we have Alex here and it's mm-hmm. your fucking jizz bread and butter. So. <laughs> um, let's talk about that and then we'll breeze through some of the Game Awards stuff really quickly if we have to 
Sounds good. I'll be yeah. I'll stick around for like 20 minutes, and then I'll have to leave after that. We can do that. We'll cool. talk fast. 1.5 speed. Yeah. If you guys want to keep talking after, that's fine. This is wasting time, Holden. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bar Backlog Accomplishments with Respawn and Friends. This month, Holden had us play Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the 20th anniversary of this game. Holy shit, it's been 20 years since Damn. this game came out. Yeah. Hi, Ligashiza. Holden, would you like to lead this conversation as the barf champion? <laughs> Um, yeah, I played the Master Quest version of, of the game. Chad played the regular version of the game. And Alex, I think you just found out about this like last week, so I don't think you played it for the podcast, which is fine. No. But, you but he are, played it this played... year for the first time, which is why he's on Yes, I did. Oh, okay. So that's the story. Yeah. Okay, cool. That is the, that's um, a little, that's the rub. That's, that's there we go. Um, I actually want to start with that then. 20 years after the game came out, you played it for the first time. Yeah. What was your experience with Zelda and then... Tell us about Ocarina of Time and your thoughts of that. Absolutely. This is, so I've heard, so I I actually played it when I was, I think, 12 or 11 when it first came out. And I got to the Water Temple and was completely stuck. And I was super frustrated. (laughs) And the best best part of the story, though, is not only was I stuck, but I was, like, persistently stuck. I bought a Game Shark specifically for it. I tried to cheat the game into giving me the, the long hook shot early. Didn't work. I had to send it back to the Game Shark company headquarters. They didn't. They said, "Okay, sorry about this. We'll give you a new one." They sent it back. Still didn't work. <laughs> this literally was trying so hard to fucking cheat my way through the fucking the water temple because it is absolute nightmare of nightmares. And I still didn't beat it. And so I gave up at age twelve with, with deep loathing in my heart for this game. Come back twenty years later. Fast forward twenty years later. I am with my friend Aaron Perlman, who is one of my good friends from L.A., where I used to live, and he swears by this game. It was the game that like brought him close to his brother for the first time. He was like, at you know, like when he was growing up, he was very he had a very like, anim. Uh, what's the word? They had a lot of animosity between them, but this game brought them together. They played it for like you know sixty something hours and explored every corner of the game together. And so he swears by this game. So I was like, I'm going to beat I'm- the fucking Water Temple. Sorry, go on. I'm just really confused because I thought games were brought in hate in people, not love. What is this? <laughs> I know. It's so bizarre. That's what I... It's so bizarre. I, <laughs> I, so he talked... Basically, he talked me into, or I kind of talked him into, I don't know, don't remember how it happened, but basically he still had the console, he still had the game set up in his parents' home, which was like very close to where I was living at the time. And so we, for one month over the summer, this past summer, we're like, all right, we're going to beat the Water Temple, and if we have time, beat the game because this is something that's like... <laughs> haunted me since i was a child and this is something that i feel like if i can do this this is like a rite of passage to like moving to france and like starting my life there so obviously we did and we played the game i mean i played 90 percent of it he like because i didn't want to you know have him like sitting there watching me the entire time in his room like he played (laughs) (laughs) played with me at certain moments but i feel like when we finally beat it it felt like a true true accomplishment and it did hold up in my mind um in a way that like even though like there was a ton of frustrating moments like for example this you know that he had the original hardware like he was still had the the controller the n64 controller with like the you know the transparent you can see the inside of this the, the fucking controller which Ooh, is like yes. so fucking retro and amazing and so you know but it was not working it was like it, the, the actual joystick itself was super shoddy and it, at this point was like didn't run well so it was while while certain elements were still frustrating i i think i got like the core of the experience which was like the music and the narrative and like progressing through this like l- huge 
world that was built to like around you and your and your story and i think that was i don't know at the heart of why i think it held up was this like this core of like this this um game style or game um formula i don't know what to call it that that i think zelda started this like very linear but still like open world feeling game that was truly novel at the time and used music in in such a like novel and beautiful way to not only be like a backdrop for all the environments separately, but was genuinely like a, a, like a, a, a tool to like, you know, transport yourself throughout the game and you had to memorize them. So there's like muscle memory involved. So there's all these like weird, interesting uses of music and like that I've never seen the game before or since really in the same way. And it created a very like tr- memorable experience. And I don't know, I, I think it was a great game. I don't know, you know, playing it now, I wouldn't say it's like the best game I've ever played, but I definitely understand. Because I, I played like, um, you know, Skyward Sword and I played Wind Waker uh, a little bit and I, and I definitely played Breath of the Wild to death, but I played this game the most recently. I think the original, or not the original, but like Ocarina of Time most recently and it was definitely spectacular. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Yeah, I actually had a very similar story to you in terms of I played it when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I always forget about this. Yeah, this is like, I'm ashamed of this, but it's totally true. I um, I beat Goma, and I thought that was the end of the game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just didn't like it. But I, I, I knew my friend had gotten to Ganon, so I'm just like, and he showed me fighting Ganon. So I'm like, how did he do this? Where is this in the game? I have no idea. I just thought that like you beat Goma, and then the just giant field you could walk around. Like that was wow. your reward. Yeah, I just Holy didn't get it. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so I never beat or really played Ocarina of Time until 3DS, and it came out in 3DS. Oh, okay. So That's it took you all ago. the way until 3DS? I didn't know that part. Yeah, it took me all the way to 3DS. So I never really played You it. only played the DQ tree as a kid? Yeah. Whoa, oh my god, it. I thought that was just like something you did for like a month or two, and you then know, just oh. like learned, oh no, there's other shit there. No, no, to, to be clear, oh my I, god, I, I beat the Deku tree and then just didn't really touch the game that much after that. It's not like I like persisted and like played it all the time and like it just ignored Navi telling me what to do the entire time. I just stopped playing it. <laughs> You're like, I'm just imagining <laughs> you as like a, like a 10 year old, just like, you know, brushing your hands together. Like that was it. Good job. me. <laughs> that was it. Wow. Oh my God. But between then and the 3ds coming out, Zelda had become your favorite gaming series, right? It did. Yeah. And I just had never gone back to play a of time. Um, but this was my first time playing the master quest version of Ocarina of Time. And what does that add to it? I don't, I'm not familiar with that. It, it, that it remixes, so basically it, it remixes the the game and, and all the dungeons. The yeah. overworld is exactly the same. It's just the dungeons have, have been changed up. So like there are more enemies in a room or, you know, uh, a puzzle slightly harder. And like an easy mm. example of this is like, um, of like, of taking a existing puzzle and changing it up. You know in, uh, in Deku Tree where there's, like, the spinning, um, like, the roller that has spikes on it? And you have to, like, lower the water to to go underneath it? Yes. yes. Yeah. In Master Quest, there is no option to lower the water. You have to time rolling to roll underneath it as this platform is moving underneath the roller so it's like things like that where it just like adds a little bit extra of a challenge to it and sometimes (laughs) they're really fucking annoying like um there's one in the fire temple where you have to light um two torches to get this door to open and i lit the two torches and i'm like why the fuck didn't the door open 
I don't know what happened here. And I'm like, oh, I found a switch. And then I hit the switch and you go like, dun da dun And like this little chime went off. And I'm like, okay, that chime went off, but I don't see anything change in the room. Nothing happened. Oh, I just didn't realize I had to look up at the ceiling and there's a torch that I had to light up. So I had to like position my bow near another torch and like shoot that torch on the ceiling. Weird. Okay. So, so like, small just changes. Random, like random things like that to the point where I actually really didn't like the Master Quest in comparison to... <laughs> the original game because <laughs> the original game had these rooms thought out for that particular puzzle in mind and in this game they said how can we make it really fucking annoying <laughs> and, like that yeah. seemed to be their <laughs> their motivation but um there were some cool things though where like they changed mechanics in ways you wouldn't have thought otherwise like you know um when you come across the big blocks that you have to play the song of time in front of yes yeah and they disappear well there'll be like platforming puzzles basically where you have to like jump up onto one play the song of time that way another one shows up somewhere so you can jump onto that one then you have to do the song of time again so that the one you just came from disappears but shows up somewhere else so you can jump onto that one that seems tedious um, it is yeah, a little tedious like but it was kind of like oh they did something clever here with a mechanic that already existed but just like you said it's really tedious so like even yeah. when they do those changes it doesn't it's it's not it feels like a yeah. hack. It doesn't feel like it was designed Thought that out. way. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, sorry. No, it's fine. But then again, like, the dungeons overall are still really good because there's the atmosphere and the music and the bosses are still great. The combat's right. more challenging, um, which was refreshing because it's a really easy game <laughs> So when you've beaten it so many times. Did you play it on what system with what controller? 3DS. 3DS, okay. Um, so I, I like Ocarina of Time a lot still, but I'm not. I wouldn't recommend Master Quest. I don't think it's worth it. When enough. I unlocked it at the end of this game, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go back and play this next year on Master Quest. Who knows? Don't. don't. But no, that sounds awful. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it's want not, that at all. It's not great. Um, and I, and I feel like there were other things too that were just purposely annoying. Uh, that I don't remember being in the game. You know the like likes, the little things that like eat you, and then they take yeah. your shield. Yes. Did they? I don't remember this, but do they take your tunic as well? Yeah, yeah. they did. Oh, they do. Okay, all right. I was. I couldn't remember if it was a Master Quest only thing, but I get in the Fire Temple and immediately a like like eats me, takes my shield and my tunic. But then the because it took my shield, the shield always shows up in a chest. The tunic spawned on top of the chest, so I couldn't grab the tunic, so it just disappeared. And then oh, I had to, no. <laughs> so then I had to go like back and get the tunic again, and it was just really I'm like if that happens again I'm gonna be so pissed. Like that, so I just wanted to be. It was only one time. They only happened one time, but it was really fucking annoying when it happened. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. That's not. I, I don't want to shit in the game, but the, this master let, quest was unenjoyable. Let, I mean, there are definitely a ton of moments in the regular version that were super stupidly designed, and like I think that was just a function of like the limitations of either the hardware or the design of the time. Like the I don't absolutely, know, yeah. Like yeah. I, for example, I remember going in the I think it was the Shadow Temple. And there was a section where in the beginning, um, if you're going through, this is when you first get the, um, those, those boots that like you can float on air for like two seconds. Oh God, the hover boots. Yeah. yeah. Hover boots. Right. And so there's like this whole part of the dungeon that's like in the very beginning where you go across that, uh, like an air, like platform to platform. And then you go down a little, um, what do you call it? A uh, slope. And then there's like a ton of gu- guillotines and sculptulas in a row and it's very very they're <laughs> yeah, like not hard 
there, it wasn't like a difficult thing, but it was like if you die or like yeah, if you fall and then like after you get that past those rooms, which take in and of itself like three minutes, there's like a whole huge room with a lot of guillotines and there's one of those like hands of death that come from the ceiling that you have to get yeah. in the beginning. Anyway, but like there's a lot of like open room to fall in that room. And if you just like make one wrong, like timed or you're like, you know, controller gives out for half a second and you fall, you have to do everything over again. It, it also, forces, the hover boosts are just like walking in ice as well. Yeah, they're exactly. Just, it's, it, there's no friction. So you get, yep. you know, it's very unforgiving and like no room for, so like it, sometimes when you make a mistake in a game, that's fine. Like it's, it should punish you for like not, you know, getting it. But like, because the, the next checkpoint isn't like in a normal or like a healthy spot, you have to end up doing all these like very tedious, easy things over and over again, just to get one, like one more meter ahead. It's like, Oh, I figured this out, but then I have to do all this again because I died and you have to figure out again. And then you do it. Like it's, there are so many moments of the game where it's like so much backtracking for no reason. And but like that's fine, you know. Like I, I knew what I was getting into. This is a twenty-year-old game. So much of it I did enjoy. But I think you know, if they did, if they were making it again, maybe they changed some of the checkpoints or spawn places. Or I don't know. Like there's a few things that you can do that mm-hmm. along the way might make the game just a stronger experience and not make it easier per se, but like make it more fun and and like you know, because I'm sure the people that designed it twenty years later would like mm, maybe if I changed this, this would have been a smart move. Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah, I don't know. There are things that have like uh, in the Shadow Temple, particularly when you get to the room with a giant boat. Oh, yes, you, can, you like you drag yes. the block out mm-hmm. to to jump on the ladder to get on the boat, and I was like, yep. "Oh, what's up this little ladder here, or what's right. up this place where the block was?" And I go up there and I find out, "Oh, it's just a shortcut back to the beginning." Right. So I climb back down to where the block was, and there, the I guess there was not enough RAM. Yeah, the block had spawned again because yep. it couldn't keep track of the fact that I had moved it, and I was like. Fuck! Now I have to literally redo the entire temple to yep. get back to that. Boat. I did that too. Yep, did that too. That's exactly that's probably what I was thinking of, and that's the worst. Yep, you can yep. hear me like boiling over right now. <laughs> Super. I had <laughs> I had a moment. It was this week. I was playing the game. I literally just I'm like fuck this, and I just put it down. I right before I got to the water temple, um, you have to go to the ice cavern and get the iron boots. And when you're there, right. um, Sheik says, "Oh, here's the the um." With the whatchamacallit, here's the song to play um, to get to the water temple. So then I just go right to the water temple from there. And I forgot to get the, the water, tu- the, the, the blue tunic. So oh, I had to go no. all the way mm. back across the entire map to get the blue Fuck tunic. <laughs> Shit. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, it's just, it was frustrating. Like, they yeah. should have waited to give me that song until after I got that item. Yeah, small changes, big differences in experience. Like that's just like yeah, an oversight, no. and that's stupid. And yeah, you can hate on them for that. But I love, I love Alex. You had mentioned this. Everything about the music in this game, the fact that the whole game yeah, revolves yeah. around music, and whether it's like making a cow feel more comfortable to get milk from it, or <laughs> playing a song that warps you somewhere, or something that means something to the royal family that then affects everything in this world and makes people yeah. trust you. So mm-hmm. cool and. The fact that all of it was just so beautifully done. You have, yeah. what, six notes, five notes? Yep. And you're able to make all of these amazing, five, beautiful yeah. melodies from that. It's it's so fucking good. And those are the songs that I think, for anyone who grew up in that age, like you still know all of those melodies today. Yeah. You Absolutely. Says, I whistle them all the time. Yeah, yep. absolutely. It's true. I love it. I it's definitely it. the best music of any Zelda game, for sure. And, and playing yeah. it, that was definitely the highlight. And you're right. Like, I was... 
that's what was missing in Breath of the Wild is, oh, I want to play the Sun Song. Or, like, just, I don't know, music has been a big part of Zelda games. They did it really well in Ocarina of Time. They did it really well in um, in Wind Waker, as an example. Even Twilight yeah. Princess has music elements to it. Um, and Majora's Mask. You, everything has a different instrument. You got the guitar. You got the drums. You got the the... Mm-hmm. fucking horn yeah and that was kind of missing in breath of the wild i really hope they bring that back because it's always been a very unique thing about the zelda franchise yeah true true or and at least something time. equally as compelling and not like that was just so special like very like yeah it doesn't have to be music but at least come up with something that's just as weird and cool and like fun to interact yeah. with and like honestly it's one of the i think the most memorable aspect of the game like the fact yeah. that you're whistling it 20 years later is a testament to the fact that it's <laughs> truly totally memorable yeah yeah but also like one of the um one of my favorite moments is really small and that's just when you you uh play zelda's lullaby for um the the leader of, of the um of the gorons and he basically is like ah, i've heard this song before and ah, i want something new and so you go to um back to your hometown and you get a forest song you go back and play that he's like oh i've never heard this song before this is so great you're the coolest person like <laughs> it was kind of like cool to like build in storytelling the, that game mechanic and puzzles all in one it was just kind of cool yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah agreed dope game and song of time or song of storms as well same thing there oh yeah we have to go back and you learn the song from him in the future and then go back and teach him the song that he taught you in yeah. the past <laughs> so fucking cool <laughs> one thing uh this will be the last thing just for time's sake that, that i say about it uh i realized that i hadn't played this game i i in my head i think oh yeah i've played this game a hundred times but i've played the first like four or five dungeons a hundred times and i had i think the last time i beat this game or even got as far as the shadow temple was the only time i beat it as a kid with my brother and oh, i've wow. never actually beat it since which was maybe 18 19 years ago damn um and so I was I was rediscovering these puzzles for the first time, basically. Again, I was like, man, this is really clever stuff. Or sometimes this is really frustrating stuff. Yeah. But sure. it's 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 such a cool game. Right. And I'm glad mm-hmm. I rediscovered it, Holden. So thank you for making us play this again Aww, 20 years later. No problem. Yeah, thank it you also for reminded me that fuck again. Jabu Jabu. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. Is that the huge fish guy? Jabu Jabu is the third temple. Yeah, the huge fish guy. And I always, anytime I played this game, I made my brother beat that temple for me. You don't like that level? I, I, for, I fucking hate escort missions. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever play Wind Waker? I've never played Wind Waker. You should no. avoid it. The last two dungeons are just both escort missions. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, But uh, you go back to the whole, like, you, for, you forget about the later dungeons. I always forget the Shadow and Life uh, temples. Always. Or not life. What's the, is, what's the last one? Is it life or light? Light, yeah. Spirit, 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 spirit. That's what it was. Um, I always forget the spirit temple. I always forget about those uh, that one, and then I always get to the um, Grudo temple. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I got to do this whole stealth thing. Like I always forget about the last half of that game. The stealth yeah. thing was so unforgiving. That was crazy. <laughs> it was yeah. the worst. Yep. That was, was the worst. Crazy. That was the worst. Excellent Jesus. music though. Yeah, great yeah. music. That was the one thing that kept Yeah. Oh, the Grudo theme might be my favorite song in the whole game. Oh, that is the best song in the whole game, is the Gerudo yeah. Fortress music. Yeah. And the Gerudo Valley. I think I agree with that, actually. I'm trying the to rock Spanish my guitar. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's got a flamenco I'd, vibe. I'd say in, in all of Zelda, I think the Gerudo theme and the Great Sea theme in Wind Waker are my favorite songs. Mm. I think I liked Song of Storms a lot. I think I liked Song of Storms a lot. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. And 
I, I think also because I played a lot of Super Smash Melee, and it was one of the. Mm. Am I thinking of the right game right now? Is it is it in Melee or is it in? Never mind. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Oh. Do you have anything left to say about this game? I don't, and I think I have to go. And you've got to go. I think here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna wrap up. Tell everyone everyone's next month. Barf. Um, we're going to save Game Awards predictions for next week because that will actually be the week of Game Awards. Mm-hmm. And then we'll Makes just wrap sense. up the podcast for today. So next month, we are actually playing Game of the Year contenders that we should have played but haven't. So Holden, you're going to be playing God of War. I'm yep. going to be playing Hollow Knight. Hell yeah. We've both already played the other one, so we can still have a really great discussion at the end of the month for it. And I'm going to we'll go back and play a little bit of Hollow Knight as well this month just to kind of Holden, you have myself. so much to play. I know, but I have to play a little bit just to remind myself. Um, and then, yeah, we'll talk about Game Awards next week. We will skip our game for now. Uh, Alex, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks, thanks for our, having thanks me. Our most well-spoken guest, and it made me feel inferior, so. <laughs> That's not my <laughs> goal. You. That was my only goal. He's just going like, yes. <laughs> no, I just like, I always have trouble articulating my thoughts, but you're just like, you know, on a whim, I'm just going to sound like I'm speaking the dictionary. <laughs> that was the only way I got. He's a robot. Now. That's the, that's the secret. You're wonderful. Uh, do you have anywhere that you'd like to like direct people to find you or follow your work or whatever? Um, I have a website, alexcohen.fr for France. Um, that's where my graphic design work <laughs> is, but that's it. I don't have any like podcasts or anything interesting related to video games that they can see, but I do play on Hearthstone if you want to play me on Hearthstone, but I don't even know my gamer tag. It's like Terios number sign 60573. I don't know what it is, but it's anyway, no, but thank you. Great. <laughs> great plug. Cool. Super great uh, plug. T- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Holden, you go to work. Until next week, guys, here's our usual sign-off. God of War is Game of the Year. Bum-ba-da-da.